0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast, not the Marty's Miss America podcast. This is volume 50. I can't believe we've made it through 50 episodes without making a huge mistake or getting fired. That basically means Travis has done a tremendous job in the edit process of our interviews and our commentary. We have an awesome show for you guys this week, and the reason that it's so cool is because both myself, Travis, and our guest today Michael Collins. All of you guys know Mike from his amazing spots on Sports Center and First Take and Get Up and so many ESPN platforms, of course, what he does on espn.com and Twitter. He's everywhere and is such an integral part of our coverage of the PGA Tour and he has a tremendous attitude. He has a wonderful perspective and I know so many of you who are voracious consumers of golf love the Matty and the Caddy podcast that he co-hosts with my boy, Matt Berry. Uh That is hilarious. And they have just awesome interviews with members of the PGA Tour and celebrities who are infatuated with the game of golf. And of course, Michael has covered several Masters tournaments. And this was Travis's first. And I can't wait for you guys to hear Travis's thoughts and perspective on what he learned being immersed in it, uh, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the hilarious story Mike's going to share with you about his first Masters, but before we get to the Tiger Woods phenomenon reborn, and before we get to those amazing stories that all three of us have about the Masters in general, and our first opportunities to be there, I want to just quickly remind you guys of two sponsors that are both integral to the Marty Smith's America podcast, and for which we are so appreciative because they're so committed to the podcast. First is ZipRecruiter.com. Hiring used to be hard, Travis. Did you
1: know that? I did know that, but it's no Mike, longer. Mike, what
2: about you? Did you know hiring used to be hard? Yeah, well, I figured it had to be for a bunch of companies, man. <laughs> Not anymore.
0: Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, so effective, fellas, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See,
2: and the fifth one, you know, has some kind of disaster that happens with whoever they get to, so you know what I mean? Everybody knows that fifth guy, right? We all know that guy who's the fifth guy. Yeah.
0: You guys can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And look, it, it takes a village. It takes a whole bunch of people invested in this podcast in order for us to get to do it each week. And not only is ZipRecruiter invested, so is Tissot. Tissot is the official watch of the NBA. Each one of Tissot's timepieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. This graduation season, get the NBA fan in your life a Tissot watch. The Tissot Chrono XL is a great watch for those looking for a sporty chronograph with Swiss technology at an unbeatable price. Shop right now at us.tissoshop.com. I'm still waiting on Travis to send me my birthday watch, Mike. He knew my birthday just passed. I ain't got any watches.
1: (laughs) Yo, you, I have your gift ready for you at the Masters, Monday after Masters. I was there. You weren't there. You left me, so I didn't know what to do with the gift. So See, that's a shame! This, this is what got I talking kept
2: about. it. I'm feeling for you, bro. This Maddie does the same thing to me. When <laughs> I go to these events and he doesn't go, then I get all these text messages. At first, yo pick me something this too, and then grab me one too. <laughs> and then when I do, he's like, "How come you didn't get me? That? Hold up! You know what you can do? You can come along. You can come with me, and then you get stuff too. Like you ain't got to worry about it."
0: And I know what his. I know what his excuse is, man. I got a whole sports center. I, I got to be over here on TV, man. Nah, I can't go
2: with you, dude. 3 o'clock in the morning so I can put on man makeup. Okay. <laughs> do what you got to well, do st- and stop being mad at me for getting some stuff. I know Travis has the
0: internet, and I know he can go to <laughs> us.tisoshop.com and click the Tiso Chrono XL ship to Marty's house. I'll
1: get one for your next mean, birthday.
0: You got my address, bro. Let's do this thing. Speaking of doing this thing, uh all of us had the wonderful blessing an opportunity to not only witness history but be a small part of it because we were all there physically when Tiger Woods won his fifth green jacket at the 83rd Masters Tournament, and what a spectacle. Uh, I have my way of describing it, and I can't wait to hear how you two would describe that experience from your perspectives. Mike, let's start with you, man. You've covered several of them. How many of these have you covered?
2: Oh, uh, this is this is only my seventh one. Why well, I, mean, I saying only, only, like,
1: only guys, I said, only. I know
2: I said only, but you know there are guys there like Bob Harrigan. They've been to over twenty of them, and right. this was also the first year Dan Jenkins wasn't there. The famous, you know, sports writer who's probably one of the one of the greatest sports writers to ever live. That we were lucky enough to kind of, I was lucky enough to actually spend a little bit of time with and chat with, and we would argue about stuff, and so um, it was. You know, my first thought after all this went down, my first thought was this is going to be like Woodstock was for hippies, where (laughs) right after Woodstock happened, there was like, you know, a couple thousand people that were really there and they were like, yeah, yeah, I was there. And then about 10 years from now. There's gonna be like two million people that were like, you know, I was there when Tiger won that Masters in 2018. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you weren't. Like, <laughs> that mean, you know, everyone who was born in 1955 now was like, you know, I was, I was at Woodstock back in the, no, you weren't.
1: Where were you guys, uh, when Tiger sunk that putt in and tapped it in in an 18? And what were your emotions?
2: I was in the media center, uh, because I was doing a live, I was like doing our social media thing. We have this this uh, app called Shortstop. So I was mm-hmm. hitting that, which was hitting our uh, ESPN.com's page live, and it was also hitting my Twitter page live. So I was basically I was doing the work for people who didn't have access to a TV or couldn't watch live on the internet. So I was doing all the updates for them when that last putt dropped and he hugged Joey. Like I, the hairs, my hair on the back of my neck and arms were already standing up. And then when he pushed Joey away and said, we did it. I was like, okay, I really got to hold it together now. Cause as a guy who caddied for a while, I know what that meant to Joey, that tiger who was never, he wasn't, a lot like the young guys are today, like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Ricky D. There wasn't a whole lot of we in tiger, but with Joey, he's always been. We. So when he pushed Joey and said, we did it and then hugged him again, like it, it put me back in a place of caddy where I had a guy do that for me. And it made me cry. And then as soon as he walked off the green, when Charlie jumped in his arms, Mm -hmm. And Sam was there, too, and then he hugged her the way that he was holding. Ah, done. So you know how when people, when you're crying and there are people around, you don't want them to see you? So you just keep looking straight ahead and try (laughs) and act like you're focusing hard on what's in front of you? Well, you know, I ain't got no shame in my game, so I'm looking around. And let me tell you something. At least a third of the media center was looking straight ahead. No one wanted to look side to side because nobody wanted to see tears coming down their eyes. Because in the media center, you're supposed to be neutral. You're not supposed to root. But the other thing that happened in the media center is people clapped. Like, which is all, not a, only a
0: forbidden; it's unheard of. And yeah,
2: forbidden. yeah. It's just it's an unwritten rule. It's, you know, do you think baseball has unwritten rules? Golf, the unwritten rule in the media centers you don't you don't clap because you're not rooting for anything now other than the story you root for a great story but you're not going to applaud yay i get to write a thousand words in the next 30 minutes <laughs> like you're not going to do that but everyone in that media center understood what that moment was and that night when i left i uh i saw a few of the guys that that the attendants that work in the media center down in the locker room and upstairs in, in the men's bathroom up there. Uh, and this, you know, a couple of these older brothers and there was a couple of young guys too. And i never forget. I'm walking out and two of the older brothers that were there didn't, they said it at different times and didn't realize the other one had said it too. But both of them said, Hey Mike, we did it again. Like they said, we, so even Tiger's win impacted the way that they felt. And, like, it it took me a long time. I couldn't even say anything to him when they said it. I could only nod because I knew if I tried to speak, I was just going to bust out again.
0: It's remarkably emotional and on so many levels. There's certainly the impact you're talking about in the African-American community and minority communities that this guy who really ushered in – in an unprecedented way, um, he made golf cool. Just to, I mean, to quote Great. Tony Finau, yep. uh, who of course is of Polynesian descent, Samoan descent. Uh, Tony told me, he's like, man, here's this guy. I'm this boy in Utah and here's this dude who is fist pumping his way down a fairway and made golf cool and made me go, man, wait a minute. That guy kind of looks like me. I might be able to go do this thing. That is something I can point to. To look at and and and, and have a compass. That, that's
2: that's in a way what you're saying, Mike. He played for a lot of people. Yeah, that's and and it's not just people who play golf. I mean, there I can't tell you how many people that I run into that say if Tiger's not playing, I'm not watching. Hmm. Like I don't play golf, but if Tiger's playing or if he's on and in contention, I'm gonna turn it on and watch. There, I don't know that there's anywhere in the world that you can go and show Tiger Woods picture and people not know who he is, regardless of if they play golf or not. That's the impact that this guy has globally, which says something. so everybody loves a comeback story. And, you know, we knew the Tiger Woods from the 2000s that dominated. He was the intimidating Tiger Woods. But this wasn't an intimidating Tiger Woods that won this tournament. This was the guy who's friends with Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. And seeing those guys – I mean, think about it this way. When Tiger won, think about all the pros that were standing by the scoring area when he finished. And think about if that would have been the case or if that even was the case in 2005. The answer is no. That it says was a something who's who. As well. I, was,
1: yeah. I was probably, we'll call it 30 feet away. And you, the smile on their face was like if, if they're – Dad or son won something and they're a proud, you know, relative. It was because that's how they look at Tigers. This guy that they played the sport because of him and the smiles on their faces were ear to ear of enjoyment to see him finally win again. And it was, it was uh, emotional watching that.
0: Where, where, Brandon. so, so is that where you were, Travis? What was your position and, and what was your perspective as, you know, as, as this unfolded? I know that you were you were at eighteen, right? So and you were there. from I was, the time that he was on sixteen.
1: So when I was texting you because we were one to decide if do we go out or not, it's hard to pay attention to everything. And when Molinari got wet the second time, I texted you and said I'm going out, yep. and I go out to eighteen. And the scoreboard hadn't been updated yet. There's no screens out there. You don't have cell phones. So you don't know what's going on. People are just watching the scoreboard on eighteen. And when they put that bogey up there it suddenly wasn't the masters. It was a sporting event and there was legitimate loud cheering. And then when tiger got the birdie, the place was going nuts and you could just starting to feel. And so I was near the scoreboard up on the higher side of the green. And then after he won, then I went over by the scoring where the players were to watch him walk in and high five him. And it was an emotional and I was glad that I ran out there to take it all in, had an azalea in my hand. It was, uh, a moment that I won't forget.
2: So I gotta tell y'all, you gotta check out the Maddie and the Caddy podcast with Joe Lacava, because the Tigers caddy, because he describes what it's like at the Masters caddying with for Tiger on Sunday, mm-hmm. and them knowing when this when their score goes up on the scoreboard at eighteen. That's because awesome. he talks about there's two roars, which I never even thought of before, and Joey describes it. It's it's awesome. So
0: yeah, make sure you guys listen to that. I'm going to go listen to that. That's awesome. Uh, my thought process on it all was <clears throat> I, I went out when he was on 17 because I, so there were three television reporters there uh, for the sports center coverage of the Masters. Tom Rinaldi, who of course is the standard by which all the rest of us are measured. Gene Wojciechowski, who has covered several Masters for us, and both of those guys are brilliant reporters and great writers. And then there's me. And at the end of the tournament, Mike McQuaid, our boss, who runs golf for ESPN and and oversees all of our Masters coverage, wanted each of us to take a different vantage point of what we saw in the tournament, what we saw from that moment. All of you go write me an essay. And – I wrote him an email and said, I'm going out to 18 and my essay will be what that scene looks like and what I experience out there. And the best way that I can describe it is like this. So as he was walking up 18, the scene was unlike it was raucous in a way that Augusta National is not ra It is never
2: raucous. They frown upon They're, that. They're proud I of know. the fact that they yeah. were chanting
1: "Tiger, Tiger" yes.
0: at, at the top you don't of their act lungs. Like I mean, that it, at Augusta. no, you don't. But when I knew it was real, Mike was when I looked up on top of that scoreboard. I was standing behind the 18th green, adjacent to the TV tower on the right, right beside the tunnel of humanity through which the players walk to the scoring station. I was like three rows deep in a sea of humanity. I don't know the number, but it was thousands of people. I don't know if 10,000 is an overreach because there were people all the way down the 18th fairway, all the way down the first, halfway down the first fairway and into the ninth. All right. There were people everywhere, as as close to that moment as they could get, and To Travis's point, they are chanting, Tiger, Tiger. I mean, it was unbelievable. And this is where I knew that it was real different. The scoreboard across the green from us, the 18th scoreboard that both of you know and all hardcore golf fans know so well, the guys that were charged with placing those placards, the guys who put those numbers in that scoreboard were standing and cheering to and that told me so much they don't do that no and they knew that they were seeing an historic moment and this is where it was really driven home for me in the tr- the true depth of the moment and the impact thereof i was standing there tiger walked by me with charlie heading towards the scoring stand and heading towards Trevor Emmelman and Zach Johnson and several former – Bubba Watson, several former Masters winners, and then, uh, as Mike mentioned, or Travis, one of you mentioned, the who's who of the current game. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, on Z- uh, Shoffley, Xander Shoffley, all these guys are standing there grinning ear to ear because the guy they grew up idolizing who made them say, I'm going to do this – Won the Masters. When it was not only improbable two years ago, it was impossible two years yeah. ago. Yeah. The man could not stand up. He could not lay in the, on his floor and play Legos with Charlie because he was in too much pain. He could not walk out in the backyard and kick a soccer ball with Sam because he was in too much pain. And these two men standing there at the 18th walked over to me. And they were Clemson University campus ministers. And one of them said, Marty, we see ourselves in Tiger's victory. And I found that to be a very interesting comment because I think in some small way, all of us saw something of ourselves in that moment. And I said, how? And this man said to me, we are all capable of big mistakes, but we are also all afforded the opportunity at redemption. And uh, wow, what a profound comment! Right, and that—if—if if ever there were a comment that summed up the magnitude of that moment, the reverent air, the awestruck tone,
2: the—the uh, the keen awareness of what we were witnessing—that was the comment. I mean, that—that's one of those things too that you understand we are all flawed as human beings. Sure are. And that's probably why we love a comeback story better than most. And, and that's why we gravitate so hard for people who have an opportunity at that redemption in, in life. On that level. Yeah. For for someone, for someone
0: that was indomitable for what, 10 years or something on tour? Mm. 10, 12 years on tour. Yeah. And then, he has this downfall of, you know everything that everything was stripped, and then the back injury. and it become, several injuries, but then the back became so debilitating. And so he has a uh, spinal fusion surgery, and the main reason that he had his spine fused had nothing to do with golf. No. He wanted to have a productive life. life. As a father, he wanted to be a present father for Sam and Charlie, and then somewhere along the way, he said, oh, damn, I can swing a golf club again, (laughs) and not only, like, he couldn't shape shots the way he used to, because he didn't have the same torque he used to, but he, he, I mean, the way he described it to me last year was, it's like riding a bike. You jump on, it's a new bike, it's a different bike, but when you have his level of talent, expertise, um, experience, that comes back. And I loved what Finau said after his round on Sunday. He played with Tiger, of course. And he told us on Saturday after – what did he shoot on Saturday, a 64? Something crazy like that? He told us after that round on Saturday The uh, – I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend to you guys that the Tiger effect isn't real because it's very real. And – He was immersed in that on Sunday, and he said after his round on Sunday, you can't – it's really hard to be experienced. Tiger's experience showed up today. I mean, just what a remarkable, remarkable moment. Well, that was the beauty
2: of what he did on Sunday was watching Tiger Woods do what he used to do, and that was just not make mistakes. And while – the thing that was so crazy was that everyone else was making mistakes that we had never really seen them make before. I mean, you think about it. Now, Dustin Johnson did have a putt on the 18th. Brooks Kepka had a really makeable putt on the 18th hole. And when they missed it, what? And think about Francesco Molinari, who yeah, man. has been in this position next to Tiger Woods before, and for 11 holes played like the cyborg that he normally... I call him he's the Italian Botox. Like this dude. Because <laughs> his expression never changes. like, alright, get me excited. Oh, we shouldn't have given that Botox. Look at his face. It just stays the same no matter what. I mean, it, to see the meltdown that happened with Molinari was all the stars aligned. But I talked to my buddy Brendan Pappas, um, who's a guy that I caddied for on the PGA Tour. Oh, back in the day, and he said something really interesting too. He said, the thing that makes this the the greatest comeback ever is because not only what Tiger went through himself, but because he actually beat the guys who he taught how to beat him. Yep. So think about when Tiger was dominant in 2000. He was playing against guys. Nobody was looking like Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. Back in the nobody was working out and had nutritionists and was like, you know, regimented on the these guys look like me and Lumpy. And you know, how many dudes <laughs> back in the day was out there smoking on T V all the time? Right. Like Sure. Of course. There's this no this was athletes didn't weren't golfers back then. Unlike after Tiger came along, now he's beaten all of these guys who work out like crazy, eat perfectly, and they look this and look sculpted, and could play other sports if they wanted to. And Tiger beat them. He taught these guys to do what he did, and then went and still beat them. And that's what makes the argument easy to say. Historically, this is. Probably the greatest comeback. I said the only thing that would have maybe topped this would have been if Secretariat would have broken his leg and then come back for the third leg of the Triple Crown. I, but uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I know this. I turned 43 last
0: week, and it's by far the greatest comeback I've ever seen in my life.
1: I mean, Tiger couldn't play soccer with his kids, and he's, he's said this many times. All my kids knew was failure.
2: And pain. Yes,
0: what he said after the round was so
2: interesting. Yeah, he said, and all all they had ever known too was him as I remember him saying a few months back that they only, or at the the Hero World Challenge, that he wanted to play great because they only knew him as a YouTube guy. All of his best stuff was on YouTube. You know, when a man,
0: when a man self-proclaims that he didn't think he'd ever play again, and then comes back and wins the the ultimate. Prize. It's just uh,
2: whoever produces that movie. Some days, two years ago at the Hero, when Tiger like could barely walk in, sat down for just a couple minutes, and looks at everyone dead serious and goes, "I I honestly don't know if I'm ever gonna play golf again." Mm-hmm. I, I thought Bob Harrick was gonna cry, cause it was like, "Wait, is this dude? Are you serious?" Like. We saw the end too. No, it it doesn't. It can't end like this. It can't. It goes back to the Matrix when the one character is going not like this, not like this.
1: The coolest moment for me though of the weekend might have been I go in. I'm like I'm going down to the press conference and be a part of that. So I'm in the last row, and right before the press conference starts, Tiger Woods's family comes in from the back, and they're just going to stand there. And so a gentleman and myself get up, and I go over and tell sam his daughter here take my seat and so one of the women that was with his family sits down sam sits down on her lap and then tiger was being asked about his kids and he goes i just hope that they're proud and the look Mm -hmm. on her face when he when he said that i'll remember that because you could tell they were proud
2: oh yeah and again it goes back to what we were saying just a moment ago i had been i'd have been crying (laughs) i could there's no way there's no way
0: I would, all just, ever I would have, known. i would have
2: ugly cried. That would have been a blubber right there. I would have had to leave the room cause I would have, <laughs> 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 I and am then, not ashamed know, to say it.
0: I just love the comment that all they've ever known is that golf brought me pain and now they can have a memory of it bringing us so much joy. That's, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, I appreciate so much your time, Mike and insight having done this so long and known him so long and it was a hell of a thing to see we can't oh. le-
1: we can't let michael go just yet though
0: yeah, oh yeah man. we got to that's right he's got you a story, to, story he's got a
1: story to tell us about the masters
0: know- <laughs> everybody has their first masters experience well those of us who have been blessed enough to go have their first masters experience story and it is seared into our memory Mm. Mike's is an all timer.
2: The floor is yours, sir. <laughs> all right, so the first year that I get to the Masters, I get there Monday late afternoon, it's like four fifteen, four thirty. I go into the media center, which was an older place back in the day, um, and I'm just kinda getting my bearings, where's my seat, all this stuff, and then one of the other guy one of the other reporters there goes, Hey, it's your first time, you gotta get out there. Get out on the course and just go Look at the course. So at about 4.50, I walk out the media center, and I walk. I go, I'm going to go on the back nine. See, amen corner, like up close and real. So I'm walking out, and it's like a stream of people are coming. I'm like a fish swimming upstream as people are pouring up the other way. And I get down to the 12th, and Henrik Stenson is on the tee with his caddy at the time, uh, Lordy and Fanny. Uh, Sonnison, who at the time was just his, his head coach was there as well so they p- hit their tee shot on 12, we kind of talk a little bit and it's just us, literally there's four of us and that's it, there's no people so they go, after they hit the tee shot, I know I'm not allowed inside the rope so they are walking now across the bridge and doing all their work and I look around and I'm like, the sun is behind the trees and, and it's a little light breeze and I'm thinking like Literally, if the heavens opened up and I just heard, oh, I would have been like, yeah, cool. Okay. (laughs) And I thought to myself, you know what? This is the moment. This is my, I can't believe that I have this 12T to myself. So I take off my shoes and socks and I stand there barefoot because I just want to feel the grass. I want to feel that ground because I understand how hallowed it is. And the footsteps that have walked near where I am standing right now was not lost on me and I just stood there for like 2 or 3 minutes barefoot and I felt the earth and that grass and and it was even for people who aren't religious you understand what a spiritual moment is this was this was a very spiritual moment for me and after a couple of minutes i just took a deep breath and i was like okay man this is like i this really happened like i i got this moment here and i put my socks and shoes back on and i'm walking around a little bit and i'm walking like over 14 or 15 and i see this security guy and he walks over and he goes uh you lost and he grabs my my badge he goes uh you not know what gate you're supposed to go out and i go no i'm I'm the media center i'm uh with the media, and he goes, sir, the course is closed. You're not supposed to be <laughs> on the course right now. Uh, closed at 5 o'clock. It's now f- 5, and it looks at swath, 528. Um, and I'm supposed <laughs> to take your credential and, and escort you off the property. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, um, please, man, this is my first time to the Masters. Y'all I never uh, I just started working for ESPN. I just got this job, yo. Please, don't. Um, are you serious? You're You just gonna kick me off like that? And he, and he, like, he smirked like he could see in my face. I was shook hard. And he goes, walk directly to the media center and don't ever be out here after the course is closed again. And I wanted to hug him. Yes, sir. I'm out. I'm due it right now. I'm a, I would run if I wasn't so fat, but I'm just. I'm gonna walk <laughs> fast. And I was gone. <laughs> walked into the media center and everybody was like, You okay? Yep. I'm fine. I'm fine. See y'all tomorrow. I'm out. I gotta get out of here before anybody sees me. Dude. I I am
0: so scared when I'm there that I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna be somewhere I'm not supposed to be. I'm gonna you know like Travis, tell him about uh when you first got to Augusta and what Rebecca had to tell you. We have uh Rebecca Preston it runs all of the operations for ESPN. She keeps at the ESPN Masters. on the
1: air at the Masters.
0: <laughs> She's a miracle worker and a magician. And uh-huh. she had a very specific message for Travis when he got to Augusta on Sunday, April 7th. What was that message? So I'm
1: driving from Atlanta and she said, you know, when you get close, just give me a call and I need to meet her to get a key to the house. And so I call her and she goes, you know, you need to go to gate one. She goes off of Washington Road. She goes, whatever you do, do not turn down gate three. That's for the players only. The gates go in order, you'll find it. And I was like, Okay. I'm I'm not the smartest person, but I can follow those orders because guess what? Gate three is Magnolia Lane, and there's cops and there's the little pillars that come out of the ground, and they oh, don't yeah. like let you go in and do a little loop around and turn back. No, they tell you to back out onto Washington Road and get out. Like they don't mess yep. around.
0: Back up traffic for ten miles, Jack Wad. You're not coming down this way, Bubba.
1: So that was oh, that was, I, that was my welcome.
2: Hold up. I got a good one for you. When I was doing stand-up comedy full-time, I performed at a place called Comedy House Theater in Augusta. So me and another comedian, we've got shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday morning, it's like, hey, you know what? Man, Augusta right there. Let's just go check it out. We'll go look around, right? So, and it's in, it's in the wintertime. Now, this is a club that's only open in winter for people who don't know. The club is closed basically from... The middle of May until October, so we're there in like I want to say November. Anyway, we we are getting ready to turn in. Now, back in the day, they didn't have those pillars, so we turn in and it's Mercedes, BMW, Jaguar, eighty-one Honda Prelude. <laughs> so the guard the guard at the gate waves the Mercedes in, waves the beamer through, waves waves the Jag in, and then steps literally in front of the eighty one Honda and puts his hand out like the stop thing and is laughing when he puts his hand out. And then he goes over to the car and goes, What, y'all what do boys you think? You guys he goes, What do you think y'all are doing? <laughs> and we we're like, We, we just wanna go and look around, just check it out, see what it's like And he goes, Unfortunately this is a a very private club. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and back up <laughs> and get on out of here. And we we're like, so we can't just go see what it looks like? No, you can't. Go now. <laughs> All right. And that was that.
1: Like People are on the opposite side of the road with their cameras so they can get a try to get a good photo of Magnolia Lane. It's insane.
2: Yeah, or they stand right next to the sign. They'll park in the parking lot across the street run across Washington, which is a huge, busy street. And literally, if you're not looking for the entrance of Augusta National, you'll drive right past it when it's not Masters Week. You'll have no clue that you just went by until you see the water tower and you're like, wait, I think it's around here somewhere. But people run across that street to take a picture by the sign. My thing, my biggest question that I want to know from you guys, so now it's my turn to ask a question before I leave y'all. Um, Augusta National is known for a sandwich, but in my opinion, it is the biggest practical joke they've ever played on the world. So the question yep. now is <laughs> pimento cheese or egg salad sandwich? Neither. Egg salad. Yeah, see? Thank you, man. Egg salad is the their egg salad at the Masters is the greatest egg salad that I've ever had in the Needs world. It's to die for, man! And they tell everyone, everyone who goes there, you got to go to the Masters and have a pimento cheese sandwich. And let me tell you something, you can tell first timers at the Masters because you'll see them grab that green wrapper, walk up by the big green tree right near the tenth and the first tee. They'll open that thing up, looking all wide eyed, bushy tailed. They'll take that one bite, and you'll see the expression on their face change quickly. And then that one-bit sandwich goes right in the trash can.
1: Neither for me. Neither for me. Marty, how many barbecue sandwiches, though, did I have?
0: Travis, I saw him eat four barbecue sandwiches in a morning. They're good. I don't don't know how he did not have the worst case of gut rot of all time. I'm like, bro, how many of those have you eaten today? He's like,
1: four,
2: <laughs> well and then he there's, enough of those through the week that on Monday he gave birth to a piglet. Well
1: <laughs> so we had uh a guy that would a runner for us, PJ. Oh he had I bet I bet no less than 40? forty egg salad sandwiches.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. My over under for the week is normally fifteen and I'm I try to keep it at that number, but by Wednesday I'm over. And I don't care. And the only reason that I try to keep it to over under around 14 or 15 is cause once I get past the 14 threshold, then sometimes the media center's getting crop dusted <laughs> because it's eggs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's the Masters, So that's like letting one go in church. You know, like you just, I... and you can't, I can't, you can't just, you can't like, you can't do it in secret and dip out. You know what I mean? So it's that like, look, I got work to do. So. You know what I mean? You just look around confused, like once or twice, but after the third time, you're not getting away with nothing. So, yeah the the other sandwich that they have there is the Masters Club sandwich, which is another one. They do ham and turkey with cheese, and I don't they know they put
1: mustard on it though.
2: But it's mayonnaise and mustard. It's, I is no, not. I, I don't do that. Mustard.
1: No, no, no. I can't do it. I, I ha- ate half of it and I had to throw it away
2: you should have brought it to me man you don't throw the club out. i had
1: to i try no. to put ranch on it to cover up the taste i, I don't oh, do mustard
2: bro you can't but i, I came that. back to work
1: and i asked our boss i go so at the masters they have this grabbing a section with food and i was wondering if we could get that implemented here and they said no
2: i know because that i do their chicken uh, sandwich is solid as well it is
0: I do an egg salad sandwich the second I walk on the grounds. (laughs) And then I don't eat another one. And it's on purpose. It's why I don't eat dessert.
1: But Marty's a freak with his food though, Michael. That's what you're not realizing. He is a a weird dude with food. How How many
0: jars of yogurt did you see me eat? First of all, the
1: the French style yogurt is low key underrated. It is some good French style yogurt is the good, but he puts peanut butter in his yogurt.
0: I put peanut butter in my yogurt because I like to offset the sugar intake with a nice protein and fat hit too, because I'm a little bit weird about what I put in my body. I like that but anyway, you say.
2: I like that you were trying to say you offset the sugar like peanut butter is going to nullify it. Like something. It doesn't nullify it. It's not it it's it. fouls on both. It's not like okay, the penalties <laughs> nullified or offsetting penalties yes. so the sugar don't count and the fat <laughs> and everything. No, come on. But you did. Because it was, they had the good French yogurt there. The other thing people don't know is there's no brands there. So it's Masters Cola, it's Masters Diet Cola, it's Masters Lemon Lime, it's Masters like sports drink. There's no, it's not Coke, it's not Pepsi. And there's no products from either company as well. It's only Masters. So the sandwiches are Masters. The drinks are all Masters. And did you guys get any cups? I got a few. That's the biggest thing to do when you go to the Masters. I I
1: went home with six.
2: Yes, that's, that's solid if you did because they are now hard to get, the plastic cups that are out there. Just the plastic cups say have a master's logo and they say master's on them. And now people won't throw them in the garbage. It used to be you would see people standing next to garbage can, little garbage, uh, bins and they would just get the cups out. And you would see people leave with stacks of like 20 and 30 cups. And you're like, okay, I know you didn't drink that much. You wouldn't be standing, but nah, they were just grabbing cups. You go home, have a little barbecue. At your house and friends come over and they, you got Masters Cups? You know how, you know how like your neighbors would be so jealous? That's cred, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's credibility. Big time, yo. Appreciate you, dude. Come on. Thanks man. so much for your time. It's been too long. It's been too long for this to have happened. We got to start doing this more often. You got to jump on the Maddie and the Caddy podcast. I got you back anytime you want me. On here Because people have been bugging us to get together and do something on camera together as no well. No doubt. Although, see, with your eating habits and everything, me and you stand next <laughs> together. We look like the number 10. <laughs> <laughs> or we look like the lowercase word, low. <laughs> we would need another skinny guy on my left so we could do a LOL.
1: <laughs> that's what you get to bring Matt Berry for.
2: It always yeah, makes true.
0: me laugh. And this happens at the Masters a lot because... You know, I have on a suit every day at the Masters, and my clothes are tailored. And so, invariably, people will walk up to me and be like, "What's up, Marty Party? Man, you look a lot bigger on TV." And you don't know how to take that. <laughs> right? Like, wait a minute. Are, are you? Is that a compliment or do I
1: look fat on television? I'm not sure. That's true. When the first time I met you, I was like, wow, he's really skinny."
0: I'm not skinny, I'm lean. They are not one and the same.
2: Oh, you're skinny. (laughs) You're skinny, bro. You're skinny, bro. I'm sorry. You can sleep on Venetian blinds as bunk beds, homie. I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but that's just the truth. And not one person has come up to me and be like, Man, you are smaller in person than you are on TV. <laughs> I tell people all the time when I'm on sports and if the camera adds ten pounds, there must be four cameras hidden somewhere that I ain't see. <laughs> That's how. When that I works. ran the
0: Boston Marathon a few years ago, I was down to 150 pounds when I ran what? the race. Yeah, man, it was crazy. And my buddy, my buddy's really funny, and he said, "Son, if you don't find a sandwich immediately, you're gonna fall right through your butthole." <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Either that or somebody's going to stick a microphone in your mouth. Be like, it's a mic stand. Set it right there.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm working a solid 163 or 4 right now. But anyway.
1: Since Michael, has he knows Tiger, kind of, should we let him listen to an impersonation and see what he thinks about it, Marty?
0: I think, yeah, before he goes, I think that we should play the impersonation. We'll get Mike's response, and then we'll reveal who this is because it had us peeing our pants oh, i want to hear this go you just finished with a two under 70 how would you assess your performance uh you know it uh went good went really good uh backs on really good you know <laughs> course conditions were tough you no know, rain coming down uh the the greens were very very slow uh, with all the you know moisture out there but it uh I was locked in today you know made some putts uh Hit some fairways. You know, that's all you can ask for. You know, sometimes it goes your way. Today was one of those days. It went my way. So.
2: <laughs> that That's pretty solid. Now, that's see, pretty good. I think that Tiger impersonation is better than the guy. I, I guess he's English or Irish or Scottish or something. There's a dude. Who tried to do a tiger impersonation, and I think I was like, "Nah, he ain't got it that good." That, that was, was good.
0: That was Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. And are you I serious? Interviewed, it is. I interviewed Josh and Sam Darnold on the Masters podcast, and at the end of it, it everybody was laughing. I'm like, "What's funny?" Because I didn't hear him doing it, <laughs> and he was doing this tiger impersonation, and I was like. Travis, turn the box back on. We must <laughs> capture this for Marty Smith. It, it was so, so, he,
1: he kept doing it all day. He did it out in the golf course and the people with him told him stop because you're going to make me spit my drink everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were standing at Amen Corner with those two
2: and dude, it, the guy, the, he, it's just very He is funny. a comedian. He is a funny dude. That's funny. Now see, as somebody now, I need to spend some time with that dude as a guy who did stand up comedy for 20 years. Before all this other craziness of a career has happened. <laughs> uh, it's good, crazy. Yeah. That guy, that is, wow. Just wow. The fact that he could do it that well is impressive. That's really impressive. All right,
0: brother. Appreciate right, you, man. Homies, We've taken too much so of your much, time man. already. Be well. And, uh, as, as, uh, as Michael said, you guys go listen to Maddie and the Caddy with Joe LaCava and, hear his first-person perspective on what that amazing day was like. Go to iTunes, search Maddie and the Caddy, and listen to that right now. Thanks again, my man. Appreciate you. Anytime, man. We'll do it again soon, homie. I always enjoy spending time with Mike. He's so funny and so gregarious and full of life and passion, and that inspires me so much. And what a fun time to get to relive that master's experience with him and Travis and –
1: I'm still uh, like trying to wrap my head around everything and we're, uh, you know, a week, week after it happened. I'm a still, a decade from now. I'm still trying still to be- like driving when I left, uh, Augusta National on Sunday, it was dark and I ended up walking out and I even purposely got to the car and I put the windows down, just drove nice and slow down, watching like just to kind of just soak it all in because you don't know if you're, you're going to get back again. You don't know when or, you know, if and, you know, I was texting you Monday at the airport, still trying to figure out what we what just happened, because I joked with you on Tuesday or Wednesday, just joking around, going, you know, it's going to happen. Tiger's going to win this. But like mm-hmm. and not in a serious statement, though, just kind of messing around and then for it to happen and it's your first Masters, it's it's uh, something you won't, I won't ever forget.
0: No. And it's going to grow in legend as we age and as it ages. That is a timeless moment. That is a moment that is going to go down as one of the most memorable moments we've ever seen in sport. And it's because of all those layers we just discussed with Michael. Uh, mainly the redemption aspect of it. And we both just feel so fortunate to be there. And, and again, what's, what's I, funny
1: about it is Sunday I was, let me just go back to the gift shop and get a couple things. And one of the things I picked up was a flag. Um, and the, you know, and it says 2019 masters. And now after he won, I'm like, I'm really going to have that. It's got the year and it's the bright yellow masters logo in 2019 masters to have forever to remind me of this, uh, occasion.
0: I feel so blessed to be there and I know you do too. And, um, I'm just so appreciative, and how fun to get to relive it here. And I just want to remind you guys why we get to relive it. We get to relive it on the Marty Smith's America podcast because of our partners, including ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. Right now, we appreciate them so much. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And also, Tso. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast either. Tissot, again, is the official watch of the NBA. Every one of their time pieces delivers quality performance and traditional luxury. This is graduation season, guys. Get the graduate in your life the official watch of the NBA. Go to us.tisoshop.com right now and order them a watch for graduation. And Mother's Day is right around the corner and Father's Day right after that. So go to us.tisoshop.com. Look at the watches. Purchase one for a loved one or again for the graduate in your life. They will appreciate it very much. And we appreciate your time very much. Thank you guys for listening to the Marty Smith's America podcast. Travis and I love doing it every single week. And without you guys taking the time to listen, there'd be no reason to do it. So thank you for that. Thanks to everyone who is invested in us at ESPN. Louise, for being crazy enough to let us do this from the jump. And I want to mention real quick my appreciation for Dan Levitard and Stu Gotts and Mike Ryan and everybody down there in Miami for believing in Travis and me. Make sure that you guys go search Lebatard and Friends South Beach Sessions on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because they are brilliant. And I'm just so appreciative of Dan. He's been a believer in me for a very long time and I just I don't know if I'll ever be able to repay his belief in me. So, y'all go download the South Beach Sessions at the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. It's awesome to be a part of their network here in Marty Smith's America. And lastly, as I always do, I want to thank the United States military. Without them, we would not be free. We live in the greatest country in the world, and there's a reason, and they are that reason. Thank you guys so much for the sacrifices you make for us every single day. Please know how appreciated you are. That is Marty Smith's America. Volume 50 on the Lebatard and Friends Podcast Network and ESPN. Subscribe, rate, and review
2: now. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time around.